Hey, it's your OptiLive team with your OptiLive podcast. A rad program for personalized optimal living. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everybody. This is your OptiLive podcast. We have Dr. Banner here. This is Eric. And uh, we're so grateful for the opportunity to share with you today. Amy wants to bring in some of the EAT basics. Of course, that's one of our pillars. And she's wanting to talk to us about the power of the fork. So, Amy, what do you have to say about this? You do so much, I know, in our family with just helping us to eat healthy. I mean, this has been a passion of yours for a long, long time. And I know you help your patients as well with how to integrate this stuff into their lives. Yes, it sure has. And I love the title because I think if we start changing our relationship with food and we look at it as power that we have with our food choices, it'll totally change, I think, what we are going to and what we are putting on our plate and putting on our forks and putting in our bodies. I think what's amazed me is that, I mean, I we grew up around this stuff, right? So we're always constantly living healthy, but you have really brought a whole nother level of knowledge to, I know, our family, and definitely me, on how it works. Uh, there's a lot more to it than what you think, but it can be medicine at the end of the day. Absolutely. Hippocrates, but in uh, 431 BC, he's many people probably have heard of him. He's known as the father of modern medicine, and he's like a Greek physician. Um, Isn't he your he, like your oath too? <laughs> yeah, the Hippocratic oath right? that he said, and um, he's famous for saying, "Let food be thy medicine, and medicine be thy food." And there I think that is so fascinating that back then he had that insight and um, just that knowledge and. The thing is, it's still so it's still so important today, and our modern medicine's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we have some great thing and inventions and evolutions that have occurred. I mean, antibiotics are crucial. We they save lives, right. um, and medicines, high blood pressure medicines, save lives. There's all kinds of things that have been invented and come out, but you know, food saves lives. And I don't think we stop and look at it that there are so many medicinal properties in the food choices that we make. And I think we need to be empowered and we owe it to ourselves to to know more about nutrition. And that's what I wanted tonight, today to be about. Um, if you're at home listening to this in the evening or the day, um, I wanted this podcast to be about is just to help you understand more about your food choices and nutrition and just the basics so that when you do go to the grocery, when you do sit down to make dinner for your family, um, we want it to be easier. We want it to remember reliable, available, and doable. So we've got a lot of good resources on the website. That and we're I think going you've done share. a good job. I think initially when you started to share this with me, it, it became overwhelming. But what I have found is that now that I'm much more knowledgeable, it's almost second nature. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when I pick up something to maybe buy it, I read the label almost every time. If I'm like, I don't know what this is. Right. Because right. they're putting so many different things. I'm always looking for the high fructose corn syrup, and I know you'll probably get into different things. But um, back to your point of being doable, um, I don't want people to get overwhelmed with this at first. It's like, I don't even know how to begin. Just know that, because um, I know you said that you're going to be doing this for a couple of weeks or many weeks, mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. indefinitely, really continuing to bring this knowledge. And as people start to build this knowledge, they're going to become experts on how to eat. And it makes a difference. And I think, I, I think the start, starting on a broad picture basis to summarize, 
I think our philosophy for eating and what we want you to walk away with during this episode and forever is that if you can just do a few simple things, look at your food choices and you should have a plant-rich whole foods diet, which means You should say that food again because that's a good one. Plant-rich. Plant-rich. Whole foods. What does that even mean? Plant-rich. So fill your plate up with as many plants, vegetables, like and fruits. And whole <laughs> foods are real foods in their original form that they grew in. Right. You know, even grains, whole grains, sometimes they get a bad rap, but whole grains in their whole form, like quinoa and oats and things, they have good properties and they're very healthy for us. And um, so again, if you can just think about whole foods and we want to limit or really uh, avoid processed foods, I should say. Right. Because when they're processed, you strip them down, you strip them from the nutrients and that they had, you strip them of a lot of the phytonutrients and the vitamins and minerals. Um, and what I mean by processed, you know, when you grow something like corn or you grow wheat. rice or wheat, right. you know, you see that there's a grain, right? And then they take it to the factory and they really pulverize it and strip it and put it through machines and chemicals and all this stuff. And so literally, like sometimes two-thirds to three-fourths of the nutrients are stripped. And by and the time it gets to be bread or whatever, right. then, you know, you're just eating a much less nutrient-dense food. So and I know you've talked to me about this before, but I was meeting with a guy this week, earlier this week, and they just got back from Italy. Mm-hmm. And he goes, um, he goes, Eric, you know what? My wife's allergic to a lot of this gluten stuff, but over there, she could eat the pasta. She was eating bread. And it's just a, d- it a different wild. process. I mean, they're yeah. keeping the food in its original form versus, to your point, this over-processing of the food. And we do a lot of that in preserving it and stuff just so it's more um, shelf-stable. But, yeah, yeah they it's have not a good lot for us. more. Right. A lot of us. Some right. people can eat it and it doesn't right. affect them, but many of us it does. And in future podcasts, I think that would be a great thing to talk about more is the whole grain question because I know there's a lot of confusion about that right. too. So, um, But again, big broad picture, plant-rich, whole foods, avoid processed foods, eat a rainbow of colors. And we really strive to get over seven servings a day. So rainbow of colors. I'll talk a little bit more in a bit about why and what these phytonutrients are, but um, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and then tan is actually our sixth color Mm -hmm. um, that we want to push forward. And then limit added sugars. You know, there are sugar in things such as, um, you know, in fruit or different things like that. And yes, there's going to be some natural sugars in those, but I'll talk about that a little bit later too. But I'm talking about added sugar. So getting processed foods or things that they're adding extra sugars in. And then the last thing is know your macronutrients. Eat plenty of the optimal healthy carbs, fats, and proteins. And so let's let's keep moving on. And What does that mean? What are we talking about when we're talking about macronutrients and micronutrients? Well, your macronutrients, um, you know, those are the things that I think a lot of people know and they just don't know them as macronutrients. That's your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fats. And macronutrients are a class of chemical compounds that they really provide us with energy and essential nutrients and are required by um, by our body in a large amount on a daily basis, such as, again, proteins, carbs, fats. Um, Sorry, we've got a lot of dinging and (laughs) blinging going on here. We thought we silenced everything. Um, 
And the, the first one I'm gonna talk about carbohydrates. They're our main source of energy. When you eat a carbohydrate, your body uses that energy right away. And carbs, there are, they kind of get a bad rap. It's been, you know, the big crazes, low carb diets or don't eat any carbs. Carbs are bad for you. And that's not true. It's the type of carbs you choose. Right. So there are definitely optimal carbs that we call more complex carbs. And then there Which are gets the back ones to that, that plant, aren't rich, optimal. whole. Correct. And then there's the less optimal than not so optimal ones, which are your simple carbs. And that's basically like sugar and processed things and breads and donuts and candy and things like that. Um, I think the thing people don't really realize is they're the source of carbs. Everybody thinks it's like bread and pasta. But actually, vegetables have tons of great carbs in them. And um, there are starchy vegetables and non-starchy vegetables, and they both have benefits. I think we don't want to overdo all the starchy ones, but... Why do I love the starchy ones? Because they are quicker (laughs) to turn into sugar in your body. And and our brain's smart enough to know that, isn't it? Funny. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the interesting thing, too, when you think about vegetables and fruit, which fruit has carbs as well... Um, they are naturally occurring in a form that they have fiber in them, right? And what fiber does, fiber slows digestion, fiber slows how quickly things get broken down, and fiber also will keep you feeling full longer and will help stabilize your blood sugar. And so even though fruit does have sugars, natural sugars, um, and carbs, those are slower to be broken down, so it's not like a big dump into our system of sugar right. because of the fiber that's naturally in it. Now, fruit juices and things like that you do have to be careful about because obviously they are already processed and broken down and all that fiber is gone. Um, so vegetables, fruits, they're great sources of healthy, optimal carbs. Uh, whole grains, and again, whole grains mean grains grown in the ground in their whole form still. Um, great Ideas for getting these in your diet are like steel-cut oats, quinoa, um, rice, like a whole grain rice or um, wild rice, things like that. So, and I mean, I know the steel-cut oats, we've done that before. And just to let people know that a lot of times it just takes longer to cook because it's in a full, it's in its whole yeah. form versus what they do with a lot of the oats is they smash it down super Thin, right, which makes us allowed to cook it a lot quicker, which is convenient for us because we're all so busy. Um, but at the end of the day, um, not so good for you. Another interesting thing about the whole grains is they're also full of things, phyto, uh, phytonutrients, vitamins, minerals, and we're going to talk about those more. Those are the micronutrients that we're going to talk about. But they, um, they're really nutrient-dense, too, so you don't need a huge serving of these. Remember, these right. are like sides. Um, a half a cup of a whole grain is enough of a serving for a meal. Um, but they do promote feelings of fullness. They have all that good, healthy fiber. They keep you satisfied longer, so... Adding them into your diet is great. I think half of your plate, though, should be vegetables and a little bit of fruit in there, too. And then the other half is where we sprinkle in the extras, like some protein and good fats and, and the whole grains. And I like what you say. You say say this a lot, is that actually your uh, meat is more of a condiment. Yes. And I, yeah, when we get onto the protein, that's we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but it's absolutely right. And the same thing same should for be the carbs. true for, for the carbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whole grains. Whole grains, yeah. 
Um, another carbohydrate is beans and legumes, and they're also full of fiber. They're very nutrient-dense, have a lot of vitamins, minerals. Um, they have potassium, iron, magnesium. There's a lot of good things. They also have protein. Um, but I will say they, um, the serving size, again, should be a lot smaller than we typically eat because they also do have a lot of um, starch and sugar and calories. And so beans and legumes are good for people. It's just, again, make that a smaller serving. And the last thing we don't think about a lot is dairy. And that's it's not a necessary carb, but some people, if they don't have problems, I would say a lot of people really do have a sensitivity, lactose sensitivity to dairy, or even a problem with the whey and stuff. But there's a lot of good healthy um, organic yogurts and milks and cheeses out there, and they actually have carbs also and some protein. So um, that's that on the carb, carbohydrates. Let's go on to fats. And uh, I grew up in an era, and I think a lot of people listening did, um, where everybody thought fat made you fat. And so there was the big low, the low-fat craze that went on. And it's been proven that fat does not make you fat. Fat, it's essential. Um, there's things called essential fatty acids that we have to take in through our diet because our body cannot manufacture them. And fat has a lot of... Um, what do I want to say, uses in our body, and it is crucial. I know it helps with the brain, right? It's very, yeah, it helps with your brain for sure. Um, 60% of our brain is fat, actually. Um, it helps regulate inflammation, make hormones, helps us make immune cells. A lot of people don't realize that. Helps with keeping healthy cell membranes. It actually regulates metabolism and helps with weight loss. There's lots of research um, showing that high-fat diets speed up metabolism better and people and that's get good better fats, right? weight loss. Because I know you really push in our family this Mediterranean diet, and uh, mm-hmm. I know I've taken to that. And I know it does help. Um, but I do find that I'm getting more olive oils and coconut oils, mm-hmm. and we're cooking that way uh, to get more of those fats into our food that we are eating. And a lot of people hear about the omega-3s. There, and again, we're going to do a future podcast because there's so much to share on each of these topics with the macronutrients, like even with the fats. But just a, a quick blurb on omega-3 fatty acids. They are the good type of fat. The omega-6s are not the good beneficial type. And almost all like plants and animal meat and stuff, they have some omega-3 and 6. But when you go to plant oils and plants like avocados, olives, flax, um, you also get this in nuts and seeds, you're going to get more of the omega-3s. So that's a great way to get them. And then also through fish and then grass-fed beef, which... um, organic but it doesn't just it's not really just organic because you got to remember I heard Dr. Hyman say this you are what your meat eats <laughs> you know how we say you well, are what that. you That's, eat I know we're you pushing hard for the grass uh, fed mm-hmm. I think is what you're pushing for our family mm-hmm. um, and the reason more being, so than the organic when you look at the grass-fed beef there is, and it was crazy, I think it was like 500 times the amount of the good omega-3s in a grass-fed cattle and beef than there is in just the um, grain-fed. So, um, and again, that's going to be another podcast to come, but if you can just try to remember that fat is good, pick the good fats. The bad fats are the fake fats, right? The trans fats and the fats that are... um, 
packaged goods, a lot of times they use something called trans fats, which are man-made fats, um, hydrogenated fats, and those were made to be more shelf-stable, right? right? So man kind of concocted them. and um, But not so good for us in our no. health. And a lot of them have been um, banned, like Crisco. Remember that <laughs> solid Crisco and margarine? <laughs> like those are... Um, proven to be unhealthy and the FDA actually banned them I think in like 2015 or something so um, so just not getting too much of the or too um, not getting any of the bad fats the trans fats but saturated fat that's a whole topic we can talk about again saturated means at room temperature it's solid is that right? Is that what we mean by saturated you know, not fats? not really, because it is like saturated fat is what's in animal proteins. Right. It's in like some of the coconut oils and palm oils and kernel, okay. palm kernels. So those aren't bad for you. I would say those are moderation. Right. Um, and again, in Now, the, we say moderation. Does that mean once a week, once every other week, once a month? What is moderation for? I think it changes for everything we have. Right. I mean, it's hard to say, but I think it's Because I like to cook out on the grill, fats, and, you know, I know I'm red putting meat. briskets and mm-hmm. cooking different things out there that has definitely some fat on it. And I, again, I think the choice of your meat is what I makes do the, the biggest time, difference. <laughs> and then most would say a couple times a week have your red meat if you're trying to follow more of a Mediterranean diet. And then the other choices in there should be things that are more like, um, you know, your lean meats, your, your salmons, your chicken that's leaner, right. um, healthy seafood. The smaller the fish... Um, usually the better from a mercury standpoint or heavy metal standpoint. Mm -hmm. So thinking of that as well as they're getting their fish in. We're kind of jumping ahead to the protein, I guess, macronutrient. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we can do that, and we can just go ahead and talk about it because protein, I think, is one of the macronutrients that we don't spend enough time on. I think everybody's really focused on carbs and fats in their diet and um, protein really is important as we age the quality of the protein we eat matters and an interesting thing happens too to all of us as we age we have something occur that's called sarcopenia and it's basically that we just lose muscle mass Mm -hmm. and so it takes more effort to maintain and build muscle mass than when we were younger i mean that's pretty obvious look at us all everybody's like you can just tell when we're young kids and teens and then the muscle mass that you have as teens and in your young 20s and then it just naturally starts declining Um, but if you can be intentional and pick good quality protein and i there's a lot of different formulas out there what i usually do is i take my weight and i cut it into and your weight in pounds and that's an about an average of what you should get as far as a protein requirement per day. There are all kinds of calculators out there, and we can talk more about this when we do our more intensive podcast on so the protein. So if I weigh 190 pounds, then you're saying I should get how much? Half of your body weight almost. If you take 0.8 to 1 gram per kilogram, which right. is almost half of your body weight, yeah. So you probably need 90 80, right. 90 grams of protein easily per day. And I'm not saying... And so the thing is, remember, protein... And you think men more so than women? Mm, not necessarily? Men men have a little bit higher need, but it's, it's pretty similar. The thing is, think about what proteins are. Proteins are the essential component of our muscles, our skin, our hair, every tissue, every body part. Protein is um, made up of something called amino acids, right? And so when we 
eat protein, we break it down into amino acids when we digest it. And the amino acids are called the building blocks of life. Our DNA, our RNA, our neurotransmitters, our brain chemicals, our hormones, and most of our muscles are made almost entirely from amino acids. So if we're not getting, and the thing is too, there are some amino acids, they're called essential amino acids, that our body cannot manufacture. We have to take them in to get the proper amounts. And so um, that's why it is a little difficult. If you're a vegetarian, and I think this is all a personal choice, I'm not pro or con, but I think if you're a vegetarian, you have to be very intentional about making sure you're studying it and you know how to get the right proteins in and that you're getting all the essential amino acids in, um, in your diet. And the other thing that's interesting is that um, and this is kind of an aside too on more of the vitamin in, but meat is really our only animal animal foods. Sorry, animal foods are really our only source of B12. Um, plants have B12. You get a little through plants, um, but it's not as bioavailable, so it's harder to absorb. So strict vegetarians, um, they should all be on a B12 okay, supplement. supplement. Mm-hmm. And so sprinkling in a little meat like twice a week, I think does help your body with those amino acids, with the B12, and then also sprinkling in other proteins. And if you don't like meat, that's fine. I am not a huge red meat eater. You know that. Like, I haven't had a hamburger in 20 years. I'm not kidding. But, uh, you know, occasionally, lately, I have been listening to my body (laughs) because I do feel like getting more protein has Mm, made me stronger. It's made me recover better with exercise and um and and it's tasted good to me so i have sprinkled it in once or twice a week just a little taste i think but, it's fascinating because i know you've shared this before amy and it just it amazes me with this body and our dna will take um these building blocks uh, the enzymes and if i'm an eye it will say i need these five enzymes to make a protein for the eye um and every cell in the body is a little different depending on what it's trying to build. But it will take those building blocks, grab the ones it needs. And to your point, in some diets, you might be missing an important enzyme. Yeah, amino to, acid. Amino acid to complete, I'm sorry, to complete uh, the build. And, mm-hmm. then, and then now all of a sudden we've got a body that's stressed in some, some way. Correct. And... There are other ways if you don't, um, we've talked a lot about red meat, but that's one tiny portion of animal proteins, right? There is poultry, there are eggs, which eggs are a great source of protein as well. They got a bad rap for a long time because of the cholesterol. Now the cholesterol is just in the yellow. So for an average person that doesn't have medical conditions or concerns, an egg a day, seven eggs a week is no big deal. And if you are concerned, you could always take the yellow out like eat a couple eggs and make one of them have a yellow and two egg whites or something like that but eggs are a very nutrient dense um, in a small package you know low calorie great way to get protein in fish shellfish so that's the animal proteins there are a lot of other ways that you can get that as well and then we move on to the plant proteins and most plant proteins are considered to be incomplete because they do not contain all the essential amino acids. There is one that I think is interesting, uh, quinoa. 
is a complete protein. Isn't that amazing? So that's a great one to add to as a side dish in place of rice. That's a great one. And then you can just flavor it up, put vegetables in it. I've been surprised how tasty it is. Mm-hmm. I've really grown to enjoy it. And I don't know if it's that my body's like, hey, that's a good thing for you. But yeah. And there's high protein vegetables like dark leafy greens, um, asparagus, bok choy, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower. And then you can also eat things like tofu, tempeh, um, they're more soy products, um, spirulina. So they are also plant proteins. Mm-hmm. And I think soy debate is an interesting topic that would be a great future podcast as well. But if you get non-GMO soy and do tofu or edamame and things like that, it's a great source of um, protein and healthy. And um, we can talk about that in the future as yeah. well. And another way to get protein is through protein powders. I do this every day pretty much. At the weekends we eat. Whole Foods and Eric chooses more just to do a completely whole food route. Yeah, I've enjoyed that. Um, but I'm on the go. I get up. I go into work, and it's I'm not one that eats right away. And so by the time I get to work, it's just a simple way. I do my Isogenics Dairy Free um, protein powder every morning, and so it's a great way. Um, you can mix it with other things. Um, such as like greens and berries and a way to get protein because we definitely need, you, you should do something called protein pacing where you spread your protein throughout the day and get almost a third at breakfast, third at lunch, third at dinner. Um, there are some variations, but it's a great way to do it. And you can, if you don't have a problem, whey protein's fine. But a lot of people, if they're sensitive to dairy, you can get it through pea protein, soy, rice, and like I know that. you helped me with this, but you know, out of the gate, I used to eat a lot more carbs um, for breakfast and hardly any proteins, and then I would crash about nine thirty. And um, almost all Americans, I know. Do. And then Cereal, so now, what, and, and you've helped us with this, but we do a lot of quiches, and so I'm eating, I'm eating a couple eggs in the morning, and that pretty much, if I get my protein out of the gate, I find that I am not crashing at all. One, and then two, um, you know, I'm not going into lunch really hungry, which is kind of more healthy than feeling like you're very hungry. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's other sources of protein like beans and legumes we talked about earlier mm-hmm. that are healthy carbs, but you can also get protein through them. Uh, dairy products, again, like I said, for those who choose them and um, don't have problems with it, I think not overdoing dairy, I think it should be, again, a serving or two if you want it during the day the most um, and that can be like more organic full fat healthy types how about um, the almond milk because I mean I like the real milk it doesn't bother me as much as it does I know the rest of the family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but will I get protein in the almond milk as well you will it's it's a little less you have to look on your there's not as much protein as you would think in it it's shocking but some of them you just got to read your labels but there's there is but it's pretty watered okay. down so there's not as yeah. much protein as you would think makes sense um, and yogurts are another thing. But nuts and seeds, they're kind of the last um, source of protein that I wanted to mention because they're a great source of protein and fat. Um, you don't need a huge serving, remember. It's a small piece of the size of the palm of your hand. It's less than what I'd like. Just like your meat is really should be like <laughs> the size of the palm of your hand. And I think people a day? put a, or can slab, I have two a, a of meal those? per meal per when you're meal. having your serving. So I get three of those a day. But people put a big old slab of steak huh? that takes up half their plate. And that's a little different than right. what we want. So um, anyway, that's the whole scoop on proteins. And 
Um, oh, something you mentioned earlier. You know, I think the important thing to remember too is that every meal you should look at your macros, you should look at your carbs, fat, and protein and have all of them at a meal because remember the fiber slows down some of the digestion of those carbs and sugars, um, keeps you full, fat keeps you full. And so if you just right. eat a piece of whatever turkey lunch meat for breakfast and nothing else you're going to get hungry because you're not adding in those carbs and the fats and it's not very balanced so or even just a boiled egg and so that's why a lot of times like eric said he puts some berries with some fiber i usually have two servings of berries um or fruit and then probably well you're saying it's just one egg but i get one slice of the quiche which has some vegetables in it as well Yeah, and it may have a couple And then we do an almond crust, so I'm probably getting a, maybe a little bit more protein there. And fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, we and put coconut that, that oil in the crust. For me. We'll have that recipe eventually up on our website because that's a great one, um, that quiche crust that we it's make. It's phenomenal. Yeah, Stacy. Nutrients. I can't believe it. There are more than 25,000 phytonutrients in plant foods. This body is that's unbelievable. Um, interesting example. So... Lycopene is what gives tomatoes their red color. That is a phytonutrient. So it's basically a plant nutrient that is found in that plant. Um, And it has all kinds of really fascinating properties. Red has health benefits. The red color in plants has health benefits such as like anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, prostate health. And so... Eric's dad had prostate cancer at too young of an age. And so I always tell Eric to eat um, things with lycopene in them. Um, And there's so many different examples of this. Orange, there's other health benefits, and there are actually specific phytonutrients that give those plants the orange color. And on and on, the yellow, the green, the black, or the blue, and then the white, tan, brownish category. And if you look on our website, we actually have a sheet that talks about phytonutrients and uh, it's interesting, phytonutrients are actually these little chemicals in plants that are protective. It's kind of their defense system and boosts their defenses and their antioxidant properties. And so we take it in and then it acts like that in our body. And it helps in all these ways, like I said, for heart health, for inflammation, skin, eyes. I mean, it's amazing. And this is your rainbow you talk about all the time. And this is why time. it's so important to eat in the rainbow, to eat a rainbow of colors. Really, we should strive to get two of each color. But to start with, if you can get one of each color... A day? A day. Okay. Yes. And that's getting your five servings there. Oh, six servings there if you do that, if you do one of each color. So that's a great way to get those. And and phytonutrients, um, again, there's things such as resveratrol that's in grapes and red wine. There are all kinds of different things that you've heard of. There's medicinal properties and things like garlic and onions that we've seen that are antimicrobial that fight viruses and fungal infections. So the thing is, remember, if you can eat the variety, if you always just eat, you know, your vegetables or just your greens, you're going to be missing all those other phytonutrients that are so important. And all of these chemicals, these phytonutrients get in our body. And again, on a cellular level, they start helping our body with cellular repair. If there's antioxidants that are needed to help fight off toxins and oxidation that's going on in our cells. Well, we definitely have that in this society today. We sure do. And um, they also help our body restore it back to normal and back to baseline and help our cells function as they're supposed to be. 
Uh, same thing with our vitamins and minerals. And, you know, we know a lot of people take a multivitamin and things like that, but it's if you can get it more through the foods that you're eating, which is your carbs, your fats, your proteins, your plant-based foods, your um, animal foods if you choose, if you can get those vitamins, you're going to get so much better benefit than if you just take a multivitamin. And that, again, has been shown and studied. And um, I, I think supplements and vitamins are good, but remember, they're supplementing us, supplementing where we might be lacking or where the genetics of our body is a little vulnerable. And um, so there are, I, I'm not saying that vitamins and supplements aren't good. It's just that they aren't meant to take the place so that you don't ever have to eat another vegetable right. or fruit. So if, you, if, if it's a busy day, it's okay periodically to, you know, do the convenient thing. Maybe it's, oh, I didn't get anything today, so I need my vitamin. But if we can, to the best of our ability, eat whole plant-rich, whole foods, that's ideal. It sure is. So, you know, if we can see food as medicine, as our fuel and our energy, then it's going to help you make better decisions about what to eat meal to meal, day to day. Um, and so our goal with these future podcasts is we want to help you find ways to make this doable in your life and, and make it something that is not so overwhelming. Um, and and even other, enjoyable. I mean, I feel like I enjoy right. it now. I mean, we're cooking meals together. and we When we cook our meals... We do it pretty quick. I mean, I think hardly ever over 20, 30 minutes. And we're sitting down eating and... A great thing that we do is we get the green bean delivery. And in our area in Indiana, it's it's a... I don't know what you call it. It's a food delivery system. And, and they, they try to do local organic as best they, they can, do. I know. And things that are in season. So every week they bring that to our door and it's full of vegetables and greens and fruit. You can tailor it, but it's a great way to start experimenting with new vegetables and fruits and and just to have fresh local produce. And as busy as, as we are, it does reduce some of the time in the grocery store when we do go. So one last thing I want to say is, I know I've mentioned this before on podcasts, and, and I'm going to keep saying it every time. Remember, health is more than just the absence of disease. We want to live an optimal, healthy life, but just because you're not sick and because you feel sitting here feel fine, um, we know that things can change in an instant, right? You can. How many times do I hear people, I was fine, and then... Literally, in two minutes, I started having body aches and fevers and chills, and I got the flu. Or you hear that somebody was fine, and then all of a sudden they had a heart attack. Or they were, quote, fine, and then the next day they were diagnosed with cancer. And so I think on a cellular level, our body's always trying to repair and restore and rebuild. Um, It's amazing how many thousands and probably millions of molecules and all these different phytonutrients and vitamins and minerals and foods that it's taken in and it's taken these proteins and when we eat them we have enzymes that break them down and and get all these great amino acids that we need to build everything we need. Why wouldn't we want to help the body heal? I mean it is kind of it's our choice right? Mm-hmm. And so look at stress food. it or give it the food that it needs to heal. Yep. Look at food as fuel, as energy, as medicine. And let's all live our optimal, healthy life. That's awesome, Amy. This was great. And we definitely appreciate all that you give us in these podcasts. I know there'll definitely be a lot more. 
Stay tuned to OptiLive Podcast. Check us out, shamrockwellness.com. Have a great day. Hey, this is the OptiLive team with your OptiLive Podcast. And as always, breathe, breathe eat, move, sleep. sleep.